is built to accomplish a lot, and I'm looking forward to helping it get back there. I'm hoping the Big Ten has to modify their system for us. <laughs> Hey, welcome to the Husker Cuzcast Sports Show, the official podcast of HuskerHype.com. Justin here, along with the cousins Derek and Tyler. We also welcome back Carter Donahue, who covers Nebraska basketball for HuskerHype.com. How's it going, Carter? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Oh, awesome. Hey, uh, first things first, Jordy Shaminga. All right, what's going on here? He's leaving the team. He's back with the team. Tell us, Carter. What's up? Hi. I was talking to John about it on Thursday, and it was 90% maybe higher that he wouldn't return, um, certainly not play for the rest of the season, and then kind of take a lot of time to evaluate his future. Uh, and then a few days later, he says that he wants to return. I think it caught everyone by surprise a little bit, but uh, like I said, I think he was he was really close to leaving. Um, I think as a college kid, uh, you know, minds change fast, and I don't know personally if he or, or who, whoever was in advising him or talking to him at the point knew uh, necessarily about the transfer rules and uh, him playing that one game right before uh, or excuse me right after the semester started uh, kind of ruined his eligibility for next season, uh, meaning if he transferred he couldn't play. Um, so I think that was huge and kind of leaving an opportunity where you start for a Nebraska team who's. Had a pretty good season this year. Next year, they're probably going to be even better. And leaving that opportunity to sit out an entire year doesn't really make much sense, uh, especially when you've got Coach Miles pulling for you, your teammates pulling for you. They're all really supportive of Shimonga. So uh, his decision in the first place to leave kind of puzzled me and a lot of others. And uh, I think he ended up making a good decision for himself to stay. But like I said, it was kind of a, a circus there for a little bit, a few days on what he wanted to do. But uh, I think myself and John and, and some of the sources that we talked to all thought 90% or higher that he was leaving. So are you suggesting that if he wouldn't have played that one game after the semester, that he would have indeed transferred? I don't necessarily know if he would have for sure, but I think it would have uh, it would have gave him more reason to transfer. Uh, by playing that one game, he started playing in the second semester, uh, and that means... Um, for, for transfers, you have to sit out a year. So, uh, that means since he started playing this semester, he would have to wait and not be able to play in the second semester next season. So by playing that one game, it kind of ruined uh, a year from now of a potential transfer and playing uh, kind of the second half of next season. So do you think that gives the appearance that he was quitting on the team in the manner that he did this? <laughs> I, I don't know if I would say that. I think uh, I think it's personal reasons just within Jordy, Jordy and I think uh, that none of us really know exactly what was going on with him. Um, I don't know if I would say that. I think he's had some of these issues, some of these confidence problems, personal problems, whatever it is, uh, since last spring, and he's expressed some uh, interest to leave. And I think um, yeah, from the sources that I heard that he was – uh, not happy, not content last spring. Uh, you get Morrow and Jacobson to transfer, opens up an opportunity, uh, maybe a, a reason why he stayed along a little bit longer to kind of see things out. But um, I don't think he's been happy for a while, so I don't think it's uh, as sudden as a lot of people might think. But I don't know if I would say quit. I think he, he gave it a shot. 
Um, like I said, the timing was kind of weird. You know, he got he comes off his best game of the year against Wisconsin, uh, makes the news a couple days later. So the timing, like I said, is kind of a little iffy for me, but I don't know if I would necessarily say he quit on his team. Derek, you had a thought? Yeah, so, okay, my, my, th- my question for you is, so is the drama over, or is at the end of the season, do we still have to worry about this guy transferring? Because if he had to sit, if you know, I understand that if he had to sit out a whole year and play in that first game of the second semester, that kind of screws you up. So is he going to maybe just finish out this semester and then say, well, I'm going to have to sit out a year anyway and transfer, or is he right. happy and now that, at Nebraska? Right, and that could be a point of why he decided to come back and say uh, one day he's transferring and then decide to come back is, like you said, Maybe he wants to finish this year out and get some more reps in, given that he's going to have to sit out all year next year anyway. Um, that's something certainly to think about. I think part of that also depends on how he finishes the year just individually. He went through a lot of struggles this season, hasn't really played well, um, and, and that's putting it lightly. Um, but I think a lot of that just ha- kind of has to do with him and how he plays and uh because I think the other pieces are there. The opportunities there. He's a starter for a Big Ten team. Going to be a pretty good team, I think, next year, too. Uh, he's got a pretty good role. His teammates love him. Miles likes him. Um, so, I, again, like I said earlier, I think the opportunity is there, and I think it's a good decision to stay. Uh, but, you know, the point is there. Why not play the rest of the year out if you have to transfer um, if you have to sit out a year next year for transfer too, but I think we'll just have to wait till the end of the season to see about that. All right. Uh, moving on, Carter, you wrote a great piece today titled new recruit Brighton's future for Nebraska ball on huskerhype.com today. Uh, in it, you talked about future Husker point guard, Xavier Johnson. What can you tell us about him? Uh, complete honesty. When I first heard that he was uh, signing with Nebraska, I was a little skeptical. He's another short guard that can't really shoot the basketball well. Uh, To me, I've always been a little skeptical of those kind of players. They seem one-dimensional. They seem easy to guard. Um, And on top of that, Nebraska already has Glenn Watson. They already have Thomas Allen, who's playing pretty well this season. Uh, Miles is really high on Allen, too. So adding a third player in the mix, I wasn't very high on him. back I was at a press conference uh, right after signing day and I think a reporter asked him if he would play right away and without hesitation he immediately said oh he'll play right away there's no doubt about it Uh, so I kind of went John and I kind of reached out to a former ESPN scout uh, who's in the article that you mentioned Uh, we talked to him and after talking to him he just watched Johnson play at some AAU tournaments over the Christmas break and has seen him play high school. And he was extremely optimistic, uh, like Miles has been. Um, although he can't shoot, he's a great ball handler. He gets he, He's one of those guys that lives, one of those guards that lives in the paint, can finish with both hands, comfortable in the paint, uh, really good passer, really competitive, uh, really good defender. He kind of brings it all other than the shooting aspect, which, again, makes me a little skeptical. But after hearing Miles talk about it and Joel Francisco from PrepHoops.com, former ESPN uh, employee, but it sounds like he's going to be a really good player and that he's going to play right away. That would be exciting. Okay, this question is going to be for all of you guys here. 
Carter, last time that you were on was before the season. We were t- kind of talking about season expectations. And you kind of had set the over-under uh, for the game or for the season at 15 with the potential of maybe 16, 17, or 18, but over-under 15. So, so thus far, has the uh, team exceeded your expectations compared to what you envisioned? Yeah, I think so. I think with, with I think I said around 15, 16 wins, um, you know, I think myself and a lot of us expect, you know, watching Nebraska, there's going to be its ups and downs. There's going to be those games uh, where you want to close your eyes after, run for the exits, whatever. Um, and, and there are also going to be those big wins. Uh, last year was knocking off Purdue. So far this year, it's Minnesota. Uh, Kansas was a close one where you can take some positives out of it, too. Um, but I think, you know, like I said, they've had ups and downs and the optimistic side of me is most of those downs came earlier in the season. They started to look better uh, losing to Penn state and getting down 16 early. Wasn't a great sign. Illinois wasn't a great sign, uh, but overall I think they've exceeded my expectations. They just look like a better basketball team than they did a year ago. Um, and uh, right now they have an opportunity to make the NCAA tournament. And uh, if you ask any Nebraska fan at the beginning of the year uh, to be in this kind of position, uh, heading into February pretty soon, I think a lot of fans would take it. Tyler, what do you think of this Nebraska season? Um, I will say it's definitely been one of the more exciting ones at this point in the season. You know, I, I've really enjoyed watching this team play. They're, they're playing with a little bit of tenacity that I haven't seen uh, from Husker teams in the past. Um, as far as expectations of where I thought the season was going, you know, this was a weird year. I mean, we went into the year with Tim Miles on the hot seat to some degree, um, you know, could this been a breakthrough year? Could this not? I think at this point, this team is at my expectations. I, I haven't seen this team really impress me against teams at the level of competition, um, at the top, at, at top, at, at the top part of the big 10. Um, you know, but I will say when you beat teams like Wisconsin and, you know, the way we looked on the road against Purdue, um, the, you know, those are games that you, you've seen Husker fans in the past not play well. And and I like where we're at and where this program is going in general. Derek, you're getting into <clears throat> Nebraska ball this year. Well, you know, my, my, my concern is just looking at stats. You know, you know me and my stats, but looking at the stats of this basketball team, I, I can't figure out how they're winning because their yeah. stats look like garbage. I mean, they're defensively, they're a good team. I mean, they really are a pretty good defensive team. But shooting percentage-wise, they're not good, and scoring points were not great. It's, it's amazing that we're – they're exceeding my expectations by a lot just because I don't – like I said, I, I'm looking at stats. I'm trying to figure out how we're winning. But they continue to somehow find a way to do it. So, Yeah, Carter, so if you look at the team stats throughout the year so far, uh, Nebraska in most of the major categories, they're basically in the bottom third in most categories. Uh wouldn't you say that they've been overachieving so far this year? Yeah. Yeah, like Derek said, you look at the stats and you, you kind of wonder how they've had the success that they've had. Uh, on the bright side, uh, a huge thing for them last year was every time a team came to Lincoln, or they would have their best shooting day, right? So they, you know, teams would make threes after three after three, and I think Nebraska ranked uh, among the lowest in Division One basketball, Power 5, uh, or not um, this year they're fourth and three-point field goal percentage defense one of their top uh, statistical categories which was a huge 
uh, area of improvement this offseason. Um, <clears throat> like I said earlier, a little bit about Morrow and Jacobson transferring, adding guys like Palmer, uh, Copeland, Roby in the mix. More athletic guys can get out to shooters, can close out a little bit better. Uh, that's been a huge area for them. Uh, so I think, you know, going into the season, that was kind of one of the top priorities from a defensive standpoint. Uh, and then really the problem just becomes rebounding the basketball. And uh, whether it's, you know, well, I'll, I'll say they're pretty good at getting stops, especially at home. Rebounding, you saw it against Illinois. Uh, they just couldn't grab a rebound. I think Illinois out-rebounded them by almost 20, uh, had almost 20 uh, offensive rebounds. Uh, it seemed like for Nebraska, they had to get a turnover to get a stop, and rebounding has been such a huge problem for them. Um, offensively, they're one of the top teams in the Big Ten in assist-to-turnover ratio and turnover margin, so they're not turning the basketball over as much as they were last year. They're getting pretty good shots, uh, but field goal percentage and three-point field goal percentage um, is a little bit lower uh, than Coach Miles would like. Um, and I think a lot of this correlates with where they're playing it seems like, you know, night and day, whether they're playing at home or on the road, I think they're like 10 and one at home, one and five on the road. Uh, it's a completely different team. You look at them play in Minnesota or Kansas, play really well. Uh, then a Penn State, a UCF, St. John, some of those teams away from home, it's like night and day. But I think statistically, they're not having a great year. Uh, other than the three-point field goal percentage defense and the turnovers, other than that, you know, I think kind of statistically where they stand in the record kind of reflects on, you know, how the Big Ten's a little down this year. But, again, sitting at 13-7 and seven and 6th, I think, in the Big Ten is something that you can't be too disappointed about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you bring up that uh, the three-point defense. And, you know, last year was just atrocious. Every time it seemed like somebody threw up a shot they were making it. I mean, and, and you're right, they had to have been ranked – if not last, at least at least in the bottom two or three. And, and yeah. if you look at just the conference games this year, Nebraska's actually ranked number one in the Big Ten against conference foes and, and three-point defense. And I think that's an amazing turnaround. I mean, there, there, are, there are good things about this team, and it, most of it comes defensively. But I, I think that is an awesome – I think that's showing that Tim Miles knows a little of what he's doing, at least defensively. Yeah. Well – and, and one thing that I've appreciated about this team is the the play of some of the players. Like, Isaac Copeland has come in and become a star, and that that is, you know, a huge credit to what we've been able to do this year. I mean, he's come in, he's second on the team in scoring right now. Um, you know, he, he's playing really well, and this is a guy who wasn't a factor or wasn't part of the team last year. I mean, he's coming and changed, and this team kind of reminds me of the team that Tim Miles took to the tournament a few years ago. The way they're winning's a little bit different, but, you know, without having the season before me, the way we started the season, we got better as the season goes on. And, and I, I'm really optimistic about where this team is going to go. Well, right. and, th and thank God for uh, Palmer and Copeland. They're both transfers, correct? And thank God for them because yeah. they're the two leading teams. For, they're, the, they're the two leaders in the team offensively. So it's a good thing we do have them because I don't know where we'd be without them. Well, Tyler, you kind of uh, led into a good segue here about uh, postseason play. Carter, you kind of hinted at uh, you think that they can make a run for the NCAA uh, tournament. Tyler, where do you think this team's headed? 
you know, it, it we're on the bubble watch right now. You know, I think you look at this team, and tomorrow we have Michigan coming to Lincoln. Um, I think, you know, it depend. We, we need to win the games at home, and we need to look good there. Because Carter, you've alluded, we're not going on the road beating many teams, and you know, Michigan's a good team. They played really good ball this year. Um, you know that they played a very good game against Michigan State uh, this last weekend, and you know they're they're playing really good ball. If we could pull off an upset there. That that's a key victory that could help us when we get in that bubble conversation, you know. But that's that's the thing that's optimistic right now is we are looking for postseason play, uh, NIT or NCAA. But you know, I, I'm sticking with what I said a couple weeks ago. I think we're an NCAA team, Derek. Well, though, I think the only way we're an NCAA team is if we come up with some kind of signature win. And you know, you could say Minnesota maybe as a signature win, but even Minnesota has kind of fell apart since we've played them and. So until we get a signature win, I'm just not sure we're going to be able to make NCAA tournament. I think I still think we're probably an NIT team. Uh, Carter, what would be a bigger surprise to you, uh, actually making the NCAA tournament or no postseason play whatsoever? I would say the biggest no uh, no tournament postseason play at all. I think they're good enough to certainly make. Uh, whether it's the NCAA tournament or the NIT, I think they're going to fall in one of those two areas. But I think they'll certainly make uh, postseason play. So, how many teams out of? Well, you mentioned the Big Ten's pretty uh, is down this year. How many teams actually get in? Do you think from the Big Ten? <clears throat> I think I'm leaning right now toward five, maybe six. I think uh, Michigan State, Purdue are, are pretty safe locks. Um, and then I think the next tier, you kind of go Ohio State, uh, Michigan, I think, uh, are pretty secure uh, bets to make the NCAA tournament. And then you've got kind of a pool of three or four teams, whether it's Nebraska, Minnesota, uh, Maryland's in the mix. Indiana, I think, is fifth. Uh, Indiana doesn't have uh, as good of a record, and I think they've, they've got a couple of really poor losses in December. But uh, they're starting to turn it around and make a little bit of a case for themselves. But... I would probably lean toward five or six, uh, and I think I think Maryland and Minnesota play tomorrow night, and I think the winner of that is going to have the edge to get that fifth spot, and then uh, kind of depending on the other two, the loser of that game in Nebraska would be fighting for that sixth spot. But I would probably say comfortably five teams would make it right now, uh, sixth maybe in a, as an outsider. So I want to talk about Tim Miles for a second. Uh, the last time that you were on, we were talking about you know the retention of Tim Miles, the difference between whether he should or whether you know whether he should be kept or if he should be fired. Uh, Carter, do you? Th- I'm going to assume that you have no, you haven't changed your mind. You think we should still keep Miles for another year, right? I uh, yeah, I think uh, I think he will return. I think. So far this season, he's done just enough to stay another year. Um, I think with that group coming back with you know, Watson, Palmer, Copeland, your three best players all coming back, I think that certainly bodes in his favor. Um, so I think he will. Um, I think you can make arguments uh, on both, side, both sides, whether he should stay, whether he should go. Um, for me, I'm on the side that he stays, I think. Uh, and, of course, there's still, I think, 10, 11 games left to be played, uh, not including the Big Ten tournament. So there's still plenty of basketball. And if things start to go south quickly, then, uh, of course, you could make the argument that Miles should leave uh, 
prior to next season. But as of right now, I think he should stay. Let's see how the Cousins fared. Let's see how they've evolved. Derek, do you think Tim Miles should be back next year? Now we're paying Scott Frost too much. You can't get rid of him right now. <laughs> Tyler. I, I like that. Fiduciary responsibility by the Huskers. Let's keep him around one more year. <laughs> you know, you guys know me. I've always been critical of Tim Miles, and I'm, I'm loving what he's putting out on the uh, court. He's, he's putting a good product out there. It's entertaining. They're in games for the most part. They're pulling off some wins. So, yeah, I'm, I'm actually on board. I didn't think I'd ever say that after the last two or three years you guys have been here me. Uh, okay, let's shift, shift gears here to uh, football recruiting. Uh, Tyler, we just uh, had a linebacker from Ole Miss, Breon Dixon, transfer to us. What can you tell us about him? You know, he's an interesting player. I mean, coming out of uh, high school, he was a four-star, the number 12th inside linebacker in the country. You know, you look at his size right now. I mean, he really could be labeled as an athlete. I don't know where he really is going to translate to college, uh, you know, but, you know, he could play safety, outside backer, inside backer. I mean, there's a lot of positions he could do. Um, with his athleticism. And I think, but he is a big time transfer. Uh, you know, he's coming from Ole Miss. He's jumping off the ship, uh, the ship as most of those players will be doing. Um, you know, there, there's still yet to be determined if he will be eligible to play next year. Um, even though he has transferred to the Huskers, my stance has not changed. I do not think those Ole Miss players deserve to get out of that deal. Um, but you know, I will say that if he does get out, I will definitely be celebrating because he's a guy that could come in and whatever position, I think he's a guy that's going to contribute, uh, could contribute early. Derek, you have any thoughts on recruiting? Uh, we also picked up that, uh, was a defensive end out of Connecticut. I'm going to drop his name because I forget his, I forget it. But uh, So, I mean, the recruiting class has moved up to, I think, 34th in the nation. So, I mean, Scott Frost is starting to, slowly build a uh, decent recruiting class that looked like it was going to completely fall apart after Josh Moore and uh, uh, Bookie had left. You know, I mean, it started looking like this class was going to fall apart and Frost seems to be doing a pretty good job of really putting something together. Carter, how much do you get to follow recruiting? Uh, You're pretty tied up with basketball, but do you ever get to look at it? I do a little bit. I try, uh, I try to keep up as much as I can, but there's so many different recruits and so many offers going everywhere um, that it's hard for me to uh, kind of stay with it. But uh, I've heard a little bit about uh, Breon, but and actually he's in one of my classes this semester. And, uh, he came Tuesday, um, a little off topic, but he, he comes in Tuesdays about 10, 15 minutes late to class. Uh, it's quiet. We're doing lecture. He walks in. And he says in this really deep, loud voice, he says, I'm Breon. I don't know anything. And it's just that that's exactly what he says. It's quiet for a little bit. Our teacher, our teacher goes, are you, are you like, she asks who he was, if he's supposed to be in this class. And he just says, I think I'm supposed to be in this class. I'm Breon. I don't know anything. So he kind of just sits down. The teacher's looking around. She's looking at Canvas, her roster for the class. His name's not in it. Uh, <laughs> again, he goes, I don't know where I'm supposed to be. I don't know anything. I'm Breon uh, Dixon, I think, is his last name, right? Yeah. Breon yes. Dixon. 
Yeah. I'm Brian Dixon. Uh, just kind of sits down and quiet the entire class. He gets called on later. We're doing group projects. He gets called on later in class. Uh, he has no clue what's going on. And it's some kind of like, it's an education class. And they're trying to figure out uh, conflict resolution. And <laughs> something's going wrong with the boss or whatever. The boss is the one to blame. And you're trying to figure out a conflict on how to get the boss of whatever we were talking about and the customer to get along or whatever. And he offers, uh, he offers the solution to just kill the boss. He goes, I don't <laughs> <laughs> How many of us haven't thought of that? He goes, you know what? Just kill the boss. And then everything's, everything's good. And it goes quiet for a little bit. The teacher kind of laughs for a little bit, but doesn't know to take him seriously. He goes, yeah, you know, where I come from, we just talk about, we'll just kill him. So, I don't know. So, that was an interesting, interesting little scary. piece for me to meet Breon Dixon. But. You know what? That is the type of mentality that you want your linebacker to have. You know, you want, you want your linebackers to have that Ray Lewis mentality. You know, go out there and kill somebody. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, I think certainly everyone started laughing about it later, and he was joking, of course. But I just thought that was a, an interesting way to, for me to first meet him and – uh, I think it was his first day on campus, his first morning there, and uh, it, it was an interesting uh, first impression I got from Breon Dixon. So when you saw Breon, uh, that, that's a great story. Uh, <laughs> when you saw him, does he look like he's a backer, or is he, I mean, I've heard he's a little bit on the slender side. Yeah. Where, he, where does he look, in your opinion? He, just... he certainly looks like a football player. I, as far as a linebacker, I... Uh, he looks a little slim. Avery Roberts is actually in that class too, another Husker linebacker. And uh, Avery is a little bit more thicker. You can tell he plays a linebacker role, I guess. Uh, you can tell that a little bit easier. But, yeah, he's a little thin. Um, I, I really don't know nothing about him. I would guess just by looking at uh, him and Roberts um, that he would be more of like a, a quick uh, kind of linebacker, a speed guy, maybe an edge person. But like I said, I don't really know. But he was a little bit slimmer, but he's still ripped. and He's still a football player. He still looks like a great athlete and all that kind of stuff, too. Awesome. Well, hopefully we get a chance to see him play in the spring game this year, uh, which is now moved to the 21st, uh, April 21st. Does anybody know why they're moving it to the 21st? I don't. I don't know why, yeah. Okay. Well, I thought it was interesting. Maybe Frost don't uh, want to deal with the cold. <laughs> it'd be cold. TV rights. I don't. I just never saw a reason, so I was curious. Uh, but uh, spring game will always be fun. Hopefully, it's televised live. So maybe they did it for television reasons. Anyway, uh, do you guys have any final thoughts before we get out of here? I don't think so. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, thanks it's for being been on. Awesome. That was awesome. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, hey, throw out your Twitter handle while you're here. Uh, at Carter Donahue underscore. Awesome. All right. Speaking of Twitter handles, follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter uh, at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. You can find all of our episodes on Podbean and on iTunes. Make sure you check out huskerhype.com for the latest Husker news and all of Carter Donahue's articles. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening, and we'll see you next week. And as always, go Big Red! Yeah.